kind of like a shot here. They're not going to do it. They're just going to try to get them a little breathing room. Hand off to White. Did not get out. Safety. Nicholas Morrow got through. And the safety for this Philly defense. Let the conversation continue with Ryan, Trista, and Nick and BetMGM Tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Well, the Eagles sit at 3-0. and It may not be pretty, but that's where they are. And really, you know, in the NFL, you just got to take it. Like you said, Ryan, it doesn't have to be style points. Just get it. Nobody's voting on anything. It's just your record matters, and that's the only just thing. stay healthy. Yeah. And that's the one thing about Philadelphia, too. You know what I mean? Like, they have, even with all the guys that they lost, in that backfield, I mean, it, it could be Swift one week. You just never really know. Boston Scott could come off the injured list and score two touchdowns in a game. But Devontae Smith one week, AJ it, the next. And with that run game, like they could just kind of like bore you to death with like four or five yard gashes, you know, like six yard carries, and then all of a sudden take a deep shot with AJ Brown or Devontae Smith down the field, and Jalen can make the throws. That's why they are so scary. But I don't know, just something seems a little off this year. I mean, might be a Super Bowl hangover. There's yeah. always something. Yeah. Chase Kitty's the host of the Lions Edge podcast. Jumps on with us as he always does every week. Are you more or less confident in those Eagles now after what you saw last night? Really know what to do with the Tampa part of the data point is my big problem. Um, I, I need to see way more from Tampa. The Minnesota game, you know, you you win some division. I just don't know. I don't know. I don't know what that is. So the Eagles through the first three weeks. It's understandable to feel like you're you're a little disappointed. You feel like they've come in a little bit below market expectations. But I also think that was kind of my expectation to begin with. I think, Nick, you and I talked after last season at one point about, you know, if you look at this from a historical vantage point, the Eagles probably hit their, their arc height when they hit the Super Bowl last year, when they won the mm-hmm. NFC. You don't see a lot of, like, long multi-year dynastic runs a lot of times people think oh they got to the super bowl like surely they'll get back surely they'll compete again that's more ahistorical than i think people realize so i think it makes sense that maybe they're slightly slightly disappointing but i mean they're still gonna they're still a top nfc team they're gonna compete they're gonna be good but i suspect that market expectations are higher than the reality with that particular team so where are you at now with cincinnati because like we talked about if if the Cincinnati Bengals weren't 0 and 2, probably Joe Burrow's not playing in that game. They get a gutty win, a very needed win. Don't cover. Uh, it's a push for the Rams. That matters. Uh, where are you at with them for the rest of the season? Which we feel like most likely Joe Burrow is going to be dealing with this nagging injury. I think you guys nailed it last hour. I mean, the the injury to Burrow is pretty critical. You know, the Bengals are another team kind of like the Eagles, where when you look at the window of really high-level expectations. I must sound like the most annoying broken record when I talk about quarterback contracts all the time. But Burrow's getting closer and closer to the end of that you know, rookie contract, which means they're going to have to stock a bunch of money into him. You lose the ability to have a deeper team. The fact that he is now hurt, and it seems like we'll be playing at less than 100% for a lot of this season, I think impacts your ability to confidently bet on the Bengals. I think it makes them a a higher variance team. And so it's kind of week to week. You're going to have to pick your spots. Uh, They're going to have to rely more on, you know, key defensive pieces. They're going to have to rely on guys like Jamar Chase and and the skill pieces that have been the engine of the offense around Burrow 
uh, more so than they have in the past. And I, I don't know if we really know how successful that can be because the explosiveness of the offense with a healthy and effective Burrow at the center of it has been such a driving force here. So I think I think that's another one where it's kind of wait and see and evaluate week to week and pick your spots. I think one really interesting way to attack the, the Titans game this week is my working theory. I don't have a lot of evidence to support it. It's just kind of a gut call. I think Zach Taylor's kind of overrated as a coach. I don't think yes. we had any evidence that suggested like he was going to be really good prior to Burrow. And then he got Burrow and then they got Chase and the offense all falls into place. And Zach Taylor gets some of the credit for this. I think he just has an awesome offensive core that's really cheap right now. And so when you're matching up against Tennessee, there's always the idea of of the coaching you know chess match between whoever's playing against the Titans. I think maybe Tennessee, this is another case like in week two where Tennessee has a big advantage with Vrabel at coaching, and, and that's why I would lean Titans in the spot. Definitely want to talk some college, but uh, one more NFL game I wanted to ask you about uh, was the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers and the Houston Texans because the Texans coming off a big win. And it was a weird uh, Sunday night game because the Steelers obviously closed all the way down to three. The Raiders were three-point favorites at home. And now we're looking at the Steelers as three-point road favorites against Houston, but the Texans looking a lot better than we projected. What are you doing in that game, or what would be a lean for you? First of all, I'm still in mourning over the Texans knocking me out of Survivor. Uh, I, I, <laughs> yeah. like, I'm not really over that yet. I, I don't know if you guys caught that game. It was one oh, yeah. of the weirdest oh, yeah. NFL games I've watched yeah. in the last five years. It was so weird. Nothing weirder than the fullback doing the classic kickoff ball drop, and then it like sucks the coverage team in. And then he's actually like, "Oh, actually, I'm going to run around the whole thing." So it's just a super weird game that's kind of unreplicable. I, I like the Steelers is the answer to your question. I, I think uh, you're not going to have that kind of good fortune again if you're the Houston Texans. I don't know what kind of home field advantage the Texans have. I think you saw with the Steelers in Vegas that the Steelers had been downgraded too far by the market because of the first two games they played and who they played against and the defenses of, of the 49ers and the Browns. And I think you're going to see a similar result against the Texans in that they're just they're better put together. There's more defensive talent. They know who they are, I think, more so. And maybe the Texans are being slightly overrated now after a win against the Jags, which is great for the franchise and it's great for the direction of C.J. Stroud and D'Amico Ryans and everything. But that win was so weird. And, and I, I don't know how much um, long-term credit you should be giving in terms of power rankings and evaluating where the Texans are in the market. Talking to Chase Kitty, Ben MGM tonight. Uh, I know the easy answer to what I'm about to ask you is, well, you just stay away. But let's pretend that you have to make a choice here. Broncos, Bears. Ugh. What do you, what if you had to go a direction of this? What the hell do you do? Broncos three and a half point favorites on the road. Totals forty six, and this is two. This is one team that just lost seventy to twenty, and another team that had their Gators stolen from their stadium. And then their coach gets you know resigns, and you're finding out there's other stuff going on. Their defensive coordinator. I mean, it's it's two S shows in one. It's the perfect storm right. of just complete messes all on one football field. Well, you, you took away my out, which is I would never, ever, ever bet this game under any Not allowed to, Chase. So, we don't sit on the right. fence on this show. Right, right, right. With that caveat, I think I'd take the over. Uh, I, and, and there's a pretty decent case for the Broncos, too, I, I think. 
Like the Broncos are bad. I, you know, I, I ranted against Russell Wilson last week when we were talking. I should have said more about the defense because the defense is, and it's easy to say that now because they just gave up 70. But the defense has been really bad in all three of their games. Russell Wilson didn't blow a 21 to 3 lead when they were playing your commanders, Nick. The defense did. Russell Wilson didn't get it up 70 <laughs> in Miami this past week. True. So I think the if you're going to attack it, the cleanest way to attack it is the Denver defense is awful. The Chicago defense is awful. Bet on Justin Fields creating something, even if he has to do it himself. Bet on Denver's offense finding success against Chicago's defense because it seems like everybody does. And then I think the Denver side of it is just, hey, this team's a mess, but at least Sean Payton like has a vision for what the team should be. At least Russell Wilson plays a good first half most of the time. So I, I feel more confident about that than I would whatever. I don't even know what the case for the Bears would be. I, I honestly don't. <laughs> Cowboys, uh, I mean, we had Brian Broaddus on, Chase, last week, and he gave us just a tiny bit of a hint that things might be trouble in Dallas with the pass rush for Arizona when he was breaking down film. And, yes, they came for Dak's ass. He was under duress pretty much the entire game. Probably still should have still won it, even without three offensive linemen that they normally have starting. Um, now, seven-point favorites against the Patriots. What are you doing with this one? Staying away. <laughs> I, um, I I can't. All right. So you, you you referenced like there were there were things last week. There were signals that said, "Hey, Dallas maybe is in a little bit of trouble here, and, and you shouldn't be laying twelve and a half." And by the way, I did lay twelve and a half, and I lost. Fortunately, I had a really good week last week. It was my only loss. But that there are, if you were paying attention, evidently, which I was not. There, are, there were signs that Dallas is maybe a little bit more vulnerable than people realized. So I would not be lining up to lay seven with more questions today than I had a week ago. But I, I mean, I'm not taking... Why would I take the Patriots to beat this Cowboys team on the road? Why, why would I think that this Patriots team has any ability to cover a one-possession number against a Dallas team that seven days ago we were talking about as immortal and definitely a like top three, top five style NFL team. It just, it's just not a game I want to get involved in at all. Uh, Chase, I see on your list here, back a uh, bunch of wacky college plays, and I see <laughs> I, I just placed the bet in this game, so I want to see if we're on the same side. I hope we are. Eastern Michigan, Central Michigan. Oh. Let's give the people what they want, a potential college football playoff preview. No, I'm kidding, but uh, what do you got in this game? The Battle of Michigan, Battle for Michigan, kind of. So, yeah, not probably a game you're going to hear a lot of uh, people in the commentariat break down. This, oh, my people this are. But I love the under in this game. I, I mean, it is, it's arguably the best play I have all week. I've seen some models that put this total closer to 42, 42 and a half. It's up at 47 and a half last I saw up at MGM. These are two of the slowest teams in college football pace-wise. I think Central's sub-120. Uh, they both have quarterback efficiency, quarterback effectiveness issues. So I, I think this game is such an easy under, and it's one of the best plays on the board. If you had to lean aside, which way would you go? Didn't Central Michigan just beat South Alabama? I mean, they're they're probably uh, the better team here. So I would, I would lean Central Michigan, but to me, the clear betting opening is on the total. Yeah, we got to eight, so I'm with you on the under. I'm grabbing some Eastern Michigan, though. I think they're going to keep this one close, Chase. We'll see, though. 
Chase, I know we can't talk college football and not mention Colorado. Whether people are tired of hearing about Colorado or not, guess what? It's not going to change. So th- that That is what we're dealing with this season. But now we're starting to see, obviously, Oregon and the way that that game went. You're going, okay, some real competition now. But now you got USC. They're 21.5-point dogs against USC. Is this a game where you feel like there's maybe a slight bounce back for them, or are you still going to lean USC to just hammer it home and just remind them that they still got a long way to go as a program? Yeah, it's a really fascinating game because – so. Last week, when they played Oregon, it I didn't think it was much of a fascinating handicap at all. It, it was an obvious Oregon spot for me. Ryan and I talked about it a bunch on, on Lions Edge last week. So it this week, I think, is actually much more interesting because, first of all, the game's in Colorado. And Oregon has a way better defense than USC does. Like It, it was always obvious to me that Oregon was the right side of that. USC, you can make the case, you're giving Colorado 21 and a half the back door is going to be open. Like maybe USC is up, you know, four, 38 points and then Colorado, you know, gets a bunch in garbage time in the last 12 minutes of the game and they get inside the number. Like, there's a real path for something like that to happen. And we saw in the tail end of the the Oregon game, like Shadour is still in there in the end. He, Dion's not pulling him because, I, I don't know, maybe because he wants his son to pick up stats in garbage time for, you know, whatever pro, I don't know. I have no idea why. But clearly, the move was leave him in the game. And so if they're down big to USC, I think he's going to stay in the game, and I think that opens up the back door. The really interesting part of this game is that it opened at 27.5. I think that might have been a look ahead, but still, 27.5, and and it's come down to 21.5. And And after the butt-kicking last week, all of the public bettors that loved Colorado and were all over Colorado money line, Colorado plus the points, Colorado alts, anything they could get their hands on, that's now switched to USC. Maybe that's because USC is one of the only teams with Caleb Williams that has the potential to be more public than Colorado. But nonetheless, public is on USC in this spot, and yet the line has moved that much toward Colorado. To me, it signals that Sharps feel like there is an opportunity for this game to be close at 60 minutes, or at least in terms of what the score looks like, even if it's not competitive, not score close at 30 minutes, not score close at 45 minutes. So to me, I'm thinking Colorado, maybe, sorry, I'm thinking maybe USC first half. But I I think if I had to get involved, I'd take the points with Colorado. Fascinating handicap. Got about 30 seconds. Notre Dame heartbreaker against Ohio State. They're now five and a half point favorites on the road to Duke. Do you have any play there? Uh, it's not a play for me, but I would probably lay it with Notre Dame, assuming they keep 11 players on the field for all the plays. <laughs> yeah, that would help, keep wouldn't peace. it? Keep peace, keep <laughs> peace. Simple and easy. Chase Kitty, host of the Lions Edge podcast. Always good to talk to you, buddy. Thanks, Chase. Thanks, Chase. Thanks, guys. <laughs> not, the same, not the same week we got in college football this time around, though. Not you the know? same, but plenty, plenty, There's plenty always of something. bets. Give me a follow on X and then click my links. I just, especially the bet stamp one, I just gave you guys one, two, three, four college football picks while talking to Chase. Just bet four games. That's what you, I do. You, Check it as out. The, as the great Mark Henry once said, that's what I do! You've gotten comfortable just calling it X now. Not even Twitter anymore. I'm proud of you. X, go and give it to I you. I still call it Twitter. Go We're betting Nebraska against Michigan, kids. Let's, I was wondering yeah. about Throw that. Throw your damn hats on. Michigan doesn't like Numbers to cover, just left, so though. It's 18 to 17. Week 4 NFL Power Rankings next. Bet MGM tonight.